All right. Well, hey, everybody, we are back. Happy New Year. Episode Happy 20. New Year's resolution. Hallway chat, New Year's resolution. <laughs> We're back. I, I don't remember the last one was, but, you know, since I talk to you all the time anyway, it doesn't, you know, feel that different. But for everybody else, thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm Nabil. Hey, I'm Bijan. Uh, this is hallway chat number, what did you say it was? 20. It's a, it's a big day. It's 20. It's an anniversary. It's an anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> so uh, we have a New Year's resolution uh, th- that was Bijan's idea, which is that we're going to get back onto the wagon on Hallway Chats. That's right? That's right. So it's supposed to be every two weeks. Y- you guys, all five listeners are going to keep us up with this uh, every two weeks. And then we're going to try adding some guests every now and then, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and the, first, the first thing about any habit is, uh, is public committal. So this is what we're doing. So, and, and <laughs> That's right. Actually, so why don't we just say this? The very next podcast we do will be um we'll have a guest absolutely all right sounds good so uh new stuff uh new hallway chat format what else is new right now ces uh you want to talk about ces any new gadgets you own let's why don't we start from the top all the shiny new things that we're looking at well i didn't go to ces this year i i haven't been in a long time actually i'm a little bit embarrassed so um, yeah i mean last year was the first year i had gone in probably eight or nine i mean i had to go before uh, cause it was part of business, you know, in a hardware startup, but, but, uh, and then last year I went for the first time this year, I, I was supposed to go. And then to be fair, maybe we shouldn't have about CES cause neither of us went, <laughs> uh, I experienced it on the internet. What's interesting to me for CES now is that it's become a startup place. I like, was just going to say that I, I literally, yeah. we, we did not prep this. We just said yeah. we were going to talk about CES, but I was, I was just thinking the same thing. Keep going. Yeah, it's 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 it. I went through a period where mostly it was like you know you know where a bunch of old dudes in khakis talk to the Best Buy buyer um, about how they're going to sell stuff to them this year and they do their buys. But it, it has become you know between TechCrunch and a bunch of other entities like the Sands, which is like you know the secondary part off of off of uh, the main hall is like now Startup Central, which is I guess says something about. You know, I think when we started first looking at hardware investing four years ago, there were virtually no hardware startups. And now there's enough that it's kind of like an annex of CES, which I think is really healthy and wonderful. Yeah, I, I just, you know, saw on TimeHalp that I wrote this post like five years ago or something like that. And I was like, are, are we always going to have to rely on big companies for new CE devices? Yeah. And, and then like basically... You know, it's just pure coincidence, but it was like right after that post, it was like Nest, Dropcam, and then Fitbit, and then, you know, um, Oculus, you know, Thalmic, Cruise, Lily, um, you know, you name it. It's just the moment lens. It was just, it just seems like every few months, this, this, um, this, you know, really interesting things, Pebble. Um, it's, it's been very cool. And where do you, like, do you think that that's a, where, we haven't talked about this yet. Like, where, do you think, that those floodgates are now open that like, Hey, look, the piece dividends of the smartphone wars means it's a lot easier to bring hardware to market. Uh, contract manufacturers in Asia are getting squeezed on margins from all the big guys. So they're trying to search for startups in the search for margins and new products. Do you think that that's like a floodgate that's opened or like, do you think it's a cycle? Do you feel like, Oh, Hey, it's a good time for hardware startups. And maybe in the year it goes away. I hope it doesn't go. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, same. laughs> I mean, I, I do think things have changed, um, but it's it's noteworthy that it, it feels like every single hardware company we've been involved with at Spark 
and all the hardware companies we've seen that we haven't been involved with, it, it, has any of them shipped on time ever? No, no. Right. I mean, I, I don't. Does that be, matter? Well, I mean, I guess it matters from, you know, not letting down your customers and how you raise capital. Um, I don't think it matters at all. Really? I think it's a complete fallacy that it matters. I think if you're late, if you're late, doesn't matter at all. I know. I don't know if that's the thing you should actually be saying to founders, the founders should be saying to their teams. <laughs> that's another, that's another, you know, how do you motivate? No, but you're just go over to the market side. Why, why do you think, uh, timeliness is, cause I, I was always kind of brought up that, that schedules are, are like, you know, sacrosanct. I, I think that, uh, especially where we are now, I think that customers understand that stuff happens. I don't think they're happy. Um, but if we, if I look across the hardware companies over the last five years from, you know, coin to Thalmic labs to, uh, you know, any of the ones that are actually shipped that have started and gone through and shipped. And I think about the ones that are working out well, Fitbit, I think about the ones that are working out well versus not working out well, how late they were has nothing to do. It's not at all correlated with their success. Uh, you know, how late were they, were they two weeks? They were all late. So were they two weeks late or a year late? It seems completely uncorrelated with their success. What seems very highly correlated with their success is like, hey, when it finally ships, yeah, how, how good is it, right? right? One. And then two is, I think there are certainly communication errors. There's like how upfront and honest were they with customers about where they were in the cycle. You know, if we think about it, the best example is like, you know, the Oculus Rift is is about to finally ship in, in thankfully, like pre-orders are in now. It's going to be shipping in, in this quarter, 90 days away from real consumer VR hitting people's homes. I, I was joking around with Brendan in some texts like uh, a week ago where I was sending some texts with screenshots of like old emails from two years ago when they were pitching us where he's like, launching next year. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the internal email. Well, DK1, DK1 shipped. Right. <laughs> but no, look, I think what Oculus did really well was they were always super transparent with everybody sure. that like, it's not ready. It's going to be a little while, like not over promise, like, you know, making people at least understand where they were in the cycle. And I think that's where, I think if you communicate badly with your customers, you can, you can piss them off, but I don't think that's as easy as just saying they were late and some people are angry. Yeah. I, I, I do think there's a lot of goodwill out there when people treat their customers with respect, but I, I don't know that part is, is unclear to me whether that's um, going to be enduring or if that's a moment in time thing. I, I don't think hardware innovation with startups is a moment in time thing, but it's not clear to me like five years from now, if companies are going to routinely ship late <laughs> and it's going to be okay. Like I, I, it just, it doesn't feel that's in, that's something that can be a, a durable phenomenon. You know, I, I think that, uh, I mean, imagine if you're, uh, you bought an iPhone 6S and instead of the Apple cart saying two to three week delay, it said, you know, 12 months. Yeah, I think there's just a difference. So I have a different analogy. So I do think there's a, hey, this thing is out. And like, am I buying or am I pre-ordering? Right. And I think my analogy is from the games industry. What will happen probably is that I think these hardware companies will evolve to the point where the ones who don't really have a good idea about when it's going to ship are just going to stop saying that they know. They're just going to stop going from saying January to spring to just saying when it's ready. And so, you know, in the games industry, there are companies like like Valve that are saying, hey, we're in closed beta for 
So there's a, a game that's absolutely blunt. Best, you know, probably best monetizing game right now is a game called Hearthstone, which is a trading card game online, kind of like a Magic the Gathering re- rebuilt for tablet and PCs. That thing was in closed beta for, I don't even know how long, a year? And then it was in open beta for, I don't know, maybe another year? Like, it took forever. And Valve was not in the business of saying, it's coming out at Christmas, oh, I'm sorry, it's delayed. They just said, it's going to be ready when it's ready. And, and that's where I think hardware companies will likely get to, which is like, we just, we're just not going to say... Because uh, we don't know. Um, and if you don't, if you want to wait until it's sitting on a shelf to buy it because you don't want to buy in early because you're not ready for that kind of volatility, then that's fine. Uh, but if you're a believer and you want in early, then then you buy into the volatility. The fact that you might be giving us $100 or $200, that's not gonna, you're not going to see the light of day until somewhere between <laughs> three months and three years from now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, look, I mean, the other point is just, uh, you know, a completely different, point out together on the schedule topic is that, you know, at least what I've seen is that most first time founders that do a pre-launch campaign, a pre-order campaign, their date wasn't to be um, manipulative or mischievous. It was their best guess that was unfortunately naive or inexperienced or, or whatever. It wasn't. Oh, exactly. No, no. I, think, I, I can't think of a single case where a founder was like, I know it's probably going to be June, but, but no one's going to put money in if I don't say January, like that never happens. It's just folks who haven't really thought through or frankly, just look at some, you're talking about an extended software pipeline and an extended hardware pipeline. Software development on its own is hard enough to, to pick a date. Um, it's just a lot of moving parts. And so you just get it wrong. That's all. Right. But the one, the reason why I do think this is not a uh, moment in time thing is that, you know, just like we saw with web and mobile companies, you have kind of alumni of successful companies helping other companies, you know, you have, you know, the mm-hmm. Twitter, you know, alumni starting companies, you have Facebook alumni starting companies. Like we're, we're now seeing, you know, I think hardware folks, you see some Tesla people going to startups, you, you know, you just see this, you know, Nest people going to startups. You just see this um, generational thing with, you know, companies and, and um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was, right? you, you know, you, you were part of a hardware startup and I was part of a hardware startup. Like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And like trying to hire for those, it's like, you're wandering in the desert. You're either getting some big corporate person who did hardware years ago, but there was 5,000 employees. So, you know, how much do they really know what a startup runs? And there was no other startup doing it. You're right. That, that now if you're an early stage startup in hardware, it's not just trying to poach some like HP or Palm or Apple person who may or may not know what it's like to really run at startup speed. You actually have other, you know, you have other near-term experiences that are a lot, right. a lot closer. You're right. You're right. Um, but like the, just to take the other side for a second, like ecosystems tend to grow and and shrink. Like I'll take a different example. Like that maybe the mobile ecosystem is not right right now. Right. Like two years ago, three years ago was maybe the end of the app ecosystem uh, and and the end of, right. You know, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's true that that market's like, maybe there's good people to build wonderful apps, but the ecosystem itself, you know, it's not a great year to start, uh, start a new app company. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, our friend Fred Wilson wrote this post not too long ago at the turn of the year where he's like, you know, Hey, we haven't had a mobile hit in four years. And, you know, he, he thinks that the big companies are consolidating power and, you know, we may not see another consumer head for a while. And, and I looked at that 
data that says we haven't hit in four years and say we are we are really overdue. Like like 2016 is going to be the year we're going to get a big huge hit. Yeah. And um, so I guess it just depends on your your perspective. But I, I I don't see why in a world where we have more smartphone users, more people connected. Like I I don't I don't know why. Um, we have an edit. Now, the thing I'm really excited about is it just feels like uh, people now are not trying to just kind of create derivative works like they're trying to create brand new experiences. And I think that people are stuck in this like Twitter, Instagram mindset about followers, follower account, feeds, retweets, etc. And like kind of just kind of drafting on that. And now people are thinking about brand new experiences. And I think that's the thing that's going to like unleash this new thing. Yeah, I think you needed a little bit of downtime, but I, I'm exact. I mean, I'm on the optimistic side, just like you. I just feel like it's a, it's actually a really good time to start an app company again if 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 you have a very good idea. Yeah. Um, because I think when I talk, when you talk to consumers, and I think I feel it myself too. Like, like, am I really using the same, all of the same? Does my home screen really not change that much in the last twelve months? That's like I'm all, like that sucks. Like. Right. Right. You know, um, you know, I, and, and there's, there is new stuff like, you know, peach is blowing up this week. Should we talk about peach? Uh, sure. you know, that that's growing like crazy. Have you been using it much? I have. I mean, I've, I've been using it literally three days now. So today what we should have said is, is Tuesday, January 12th. Um, you know, I think I installed it Saturday or Sunday, so I haven't done it that long. Yeah. Uh, I'm using it multiple times a day. It's, it's, it's fun. Our friends are on it and, uh, I guess the question is, will we be using it, you know, 90 days from now or, yeah. or nine days from now? And you're using Snap, you use Snapchat as well. You start using Snapchat stories too. So how, how do you feel like they're different to you? Do, you? do they slot in differently in life for you? Or are you, are you, are you parrying both right now and trying to figure out where you're going to settle in? So Snapchat's this funny app still for me where, you know, maybe because, you know, it's an age thing or something, but I, I use the messaging part of Snapchat for a very small number of people, like tiny number of people. And then I use Snapchat Stories as kind of a a blogging journal app, you know. And so it's public; it's fully public. I, you know, you can have the setting that only people you give permission to see your stories, or your friends see your stories, or everyone can see your stories. And you've got I, everybody. I've got everybody. So I've I, you know, that's kind of how I I use stories. I I don't get those people that do stories and send all those posts out to everybody in there. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that's that's so uh, that's a weird move, but. Um, so I'm using the kind of quote unquote, you know, the stories part. I was going to say the blogging journal part, but it's, it's called Snapchat stories. <laughs> I use that almost every day. And in, in many ways, I feel like it's the most honest. I don't know, it feels like the most honest version of myself. You know, yeah. there's no filters. There's no, I don't know. It's just, it's just um, raw footage. And I think the fact that it goes away is, is contributes to the fact that it's, it's so honest. Why do you think you're not blogging as much anymore? Is it related to this concept? And I, this is the question you can ask me as well. Yeah, I, I, you know, amongst my New Year's resolutions was maybe I should blog more, and then I actually came away with like I don't, I don't think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, I, I want to write more. I'm definitely going to write more. It's a, it's a New Year's resolution of mine. I, I started yesterday with a simple little thing. I'm, I'm going to try to write once a week. Is kind of my goal. I, I, I shit. I didn't want to say that publicly, but I just said it. But yep. I'm trying to do once a week. Um, <laughs> And but I, the reason I stopped was very conscious. Um, I was talking to Om Malik about this, and I kind of I was kind of wandering the desert last year about like what happened to my blog, and because um, it just turned into photos. Um, 
And I got just so turned off by blogs went from personal, um, a personal weblog, if you will, to a, to a full-blown venture capitalist content marketing tool. The moment where I feel like VCs took it on as content marketing is when I just got totally turned off. I just felt like, oh my God, I'm writing this blog post. I would actually write these things and I would hit, I'd go to hit publish and I'd, I would just delete it. And I'd say, fuck it, I'm, I'm, or, I'm not doing it. And Om and I were talking about this. He's the one that really, I, I, was, I was struggling with how, like, describing my, my angst about this. And, yeah, and Om nailed it. And he, he nailed he said, it. He said, it's content marketing. It, yeah, he, yeah, yeah it's just, it's because, not honest. He called it the content marketing. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's turned into content marketing. It's not, you know, just, just, um, just not writing or blogging. And, and, um, so anyway, that's what I want to try to get back to. You know, sure, I'm going to write about, startups that we've backed because I care about them, but I'm hoping it's, it's the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I, I would love to have a platform that's still allowed for that. I, I, I just feel like it's so counter. I'm glad you're optimistic. You should make a run at it. We'll come at, back at it and talk about it in a couple of months, but it feels, it feels like there's not a place for that, for me to do that. And so I don't, I, I mean, I, I have a very similar feeling, which is like, I, would love to have an honest conversation around the topics that we are thinking about or I'm going, trying to struggle with right now and um, are excited about right now. I'd love to get feedback and I just have a conversation with people in my social network, people that I know about that and, and people I don't know to learn. I just don't feel like there's a, a window for that. Are you, are you using Facebook for that? No. I don't think I'm doing that anywhere right now. Like, like, you know, my, like the concepts that I end up, you know, reading white papers on and getting super excited about, you know, I'm very excited about, the future of AR and VR and computer vision and, and, and drones. There's a, there's a whole host of subjects that I think are at hardware companies and, and, and um, actually logistics as well. There's a bunch of topics that you just get excited about. I'd love to talk about the things that I'm learning about them and the questions I have. And, and I just don't know that there's any place for that dialogue right now. For me, anyway, I haven't found one. I think the day-to-day journal stuff, the, that part of blogging, the like, hey, this is what's happening today. I think Snapchat stories is the perfect current, you know, there might be something new a year from now, which is 10 times better. That feels more clear, but it ju- that does feel just like they nailed the right amount of formality and informality to make it a place where you can just be honest and just like take a photo and not worry too much about it and say a couple little things and really give a, a hand for me, a handful of people um, that, that we do back and forth regularly, a window into their world and a little window into your world. So I love that. That's filling some, 20% of what I really got out of vlogging over the many years. That's really valuable. I use Instagram mostly because I'm a photo nerd and I use that for, some people use that for the Snapchat stories, you know, avenue as well, that kind of daily blog. Uh, I don't. Um, and then, and then, yeah, but I don't have the conversation with people about topics. Like I don't have that right now at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where to do that. Uh, and I don't feel like medium, medium, Medium is is great, but I don't feel like it's it's what we're talking about, right? I almost feel like it's it's intentionally not that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, that's its goal. Yeah. So I'm gonna use my my old school Tumblr for this, and uh, I'll I'll keep uh, keep you posted on um, how it's working. Are you gonna post less photos to that blog then? Are you gonna try and like purposefully retool a little bit? What's what's the plan? I've got I've got two different photo things going on at the moment. One is just photos that I want to share. I still share to Tumblr. I probably always will. And then I've got a personal project I launched 
at the end of the year, I'm doing this uh, 365 project. It reminds me of the old Flickr days. <laughs> and uh, But I'm doing it all on film, so there's this two-week lag. But I've got yeah. this... Uh, a photo a day. Yes. And, and then a little kind of journal entry. And, you know, I've been doing it since the end of November. It's at... Um, the link is a365.tumblr.com. And... Uh, and, and the thing about it is that, um, I'm realizing just how intense I've packed my personal and professional life. Like I, I have a little journal entry for the day on that, mm-hmm. on that 365. And, and it's like, I'm reading it and I'm exhausted. I, I go back <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so I'm also trying to fix that too. It was, it's, that's been kind of interesting to kind of look back on that. And, and, uh, because it's film, I'm, I'm writing in a little field notes journal and then I transcribe it when the film comes back. And as I'm typing in the Tumblr, you're remembering like, that day and kind of going yeah. through and you're like, Oh man. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, another crazy busy day. I go well, to you bed. Do, you've always done a really good job of trying to keep the life relatively keep to the things that matter. Uh, I don't know, probably better than I do. You, you're, you're, we should surface here like, like in the spirit of hallway chat, like we have an ongoing debate inside of Spark that, that we can just, you know, expose to everybody here. Which is like, <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're bigger now, right, than we right. were last year. Um, we have a San Francisco office, which I'm sitting in right now, while Bijan's in Boston. Um, we have two new partners here uh, in San Francisco, Megan, Megan and Kevin. Um, and so what that means is like, you know, my instinct in like startup land is like, well, you add a couple more people, like don't be under the false premise that you can have the exact operate the exact same way because that's just chaos. Like that's the mistake that every startup CEO makes. And the debate, like the pushback from Bichon, just we should, you know, we can air it here. It's just like I don't want this to become like some you know corporate drone factory. <laughs> yeah, the, the, right? the Slack the Slack channel was basically like, hey, let's try new things, and I'm like. I guess we could try new things, but I'm trying to fight the corporate gravity thing. And, uh, that's the, and, and everyone's like, well, we're not trying to go corporate. We're just trying to get better. Right. That's the, that's the back and forth. Yeah. Well, I mean, historically we've been very, very organic, right? It's just been right. a handful of people in a room trying to think about the founders we want to back, the things we really believe in, the people we want to work with and just having a conversation about it where there are other firms that have, you know, very strict voting processes and it needs to be above a seven or an eight and aggregate voting, blah, 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 and like weighted voting and all this kind of like process and people write these massive deal memos and, and we're just, we haven't been historically like that for better or worse. Um, and then you move 3,000 miles away. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only person that's been a part of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're actually going through, I, I didn't, I hadn't thought about this until we're just talking about it now, but I think we are literally going through, you know, the same thing that most startups go through, which is you add a couple more people and like, you don't want to become full of corporate overhead, but also zero process probably doesn't scale either. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. we got a few process things now. One is we do a weekly email, right. Or Slack update. Everyone talks about what they did that week and every partner here. And, um, and some of us do a better job than others at writing those weekly emails. <laughs> Bouchon's at about a 50% hit rate right now. Something like that, maybe less. I'm a bad role model, it turns out. <laughs> I, is that bad role model? Is that your like passive aggressive way of, <laughs> of dealing with the process? Uh, the second one was that we just tried starting last week uh, a little bit of like flash voting, where you do one to five on a company once they present. And we don't use that as any hard 
process internally. It's not like you have to have a certain number. It's just a way of all of us, before we influence each other in conversation, saying like, oh, it turns out that like this was four yeses and one no. And what does that mean? Let's have a conversation about it. Um, that, that, That's going. Do you like it? Um, not, I, I know we've had some problems with the app and it's the software is funny, but, but the idea. Uh, I, I think it's a very good idea as long as I mean, the problem that I think people have is that once they start using any kind of metrics or statistics inside of any process, that they then want that process to represent the truth. And so, for instance, the slippery slope here is that we do one out of five really quickly. We take two seconds and we're like, well, the problem is that doesn't capture how we feel about product and team. So we add product and team as two separate things. And then it's out of five doesn't work out of 10. And then add, and you just layer and layer. And I, I see this, you know, I think we see this in startups too, where you look at the numbers and you're like, well, retention went up or down. That's not capturing all the nuance. So I need retention from D1 and D7 um, and, and, and. And so you end up with a thousand dashboards that you're staring at that don't get you any closer to the truth. And I, I think that's not accepting the fact that the truth has a bit of objectivity and a bit of subjectivity. And I just don't, I don't think the right thing is on either side. In other words, I think, I think having it be a course measurement it's zero to five. It's a flash. It gives me some insight into how you feel before Kevin or Santo or somebody else might influence you. And then we understand that from there, it is a conversation. It is organic. And ultimately, these are emotional investments um, as much as they are financial ones. Um, and that's okay. So I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't get too deep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping an open mind. <laughs> so, so diplomatic of you, Sean. <laughs> uh, so, what else do we want to talk about today? Um, you want to chat about? We were talking earlier about like what our um, what our tech habits are. Like, we just came off of like a little bit of uh, vacation, uh, in which we try and do at least a little bit during the holidays. I went to New Zealand and so on, and like, and and I think that's worth talking through. Like, you know, hey, how does that differ from two years ago? What do you? Actually, what do, you, do you turn off your, your internet when you're gone? Like, do you try and actually unplug for a little bit? I don't turn it off uh, entirely. I don't go cold turkey, but I, I really set windows. I, I read this somewhere. I don't remember who wrote it. I, I don't think it was Brad Feld. It might have been somebody else. But, but basically, like, they stick their phone in the safe in the hotel room or whatever, in their suitcase. And then from, like, you know, 4 to 5 in the afternoon, they're on. Yeah. And whatever that means, either they're checking Twitter or work email, something. And then, and then they're off. And, and um, that's, that's been working for me. Um, but the thing that I was thinking about when I, when I was getting ready for this trip and when I got back is I read this post by MG. And I think it was a post MG. on yeah. MG Siegel. I think he was writing a post on the iPad Pro. I think that was the, the basis of the post was like his review of it. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, well, what do you bring on a trip? And he basically fessed up on this post that he brings like a Kindle, a mini, iPad mini, an iPad Pro, a MacBook, and uh, an iPhone. And, and I was like, holy cow, he's as sick as I am. <laughs> so I've really tried to slim down. I On this last trip, we went away over the holidays, went to the Caribbean, and all I brought was an iPhone, a Mophie pack, an iPad Air, and my cameras. All, 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 all you brought. <laughs> I know, but that for me, that like I, that I didn't bring a Mac OS device. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm very close to that. Uh, but I, I was my pattern this time. This actually, for the very first time in a long time, I actually felt like I really needed a little bit of a break. 
yeah. from things. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm not. I haven't been introspective enough to try and figure that out. But normally, it causes me more anxiety to be separated than to just like do the hour check in a day or something like that. But I spent the first four days uh, legitimately pretty much completely offline. Now I was still. I had my camera, so I was still shooting all day, and I still kept my iPhone mostly for being able to do panor- panorama shots. I still find like the iPhone's just better at doing panoramas and some video and stuff than any of my other cameras. I want to get rid of the OS device. The problem is that like I haven't gone to film like you, and so I'm still in Lightroom every night. Like you know, it's it's you know uh, Megan asleep next to me and and me doing the like really frankly enjoyable you know for for a bit of an introvert like me like introverted like sitting in Lightroom for an hour and just working through the photos of the day is just a really wonderful day to wrap way to wrap up the day, and I still want that. And yeah. and so I want to be able to maybe convert that to to the iPad version of Lightroom with the iPad Pro, but I'm not there yet. How, how's your How's your iPad Pro going? <laughs> Are you going to make the jump? Well, so the iPad Pro is the first Apple product that I've ever returned within 14 days, ever, mm. literally ever. And I've had weird Apple products in my life. I had the first iPhone, which didn't do copy and paste. I've had, you know, all sorts of, of Did Apple you get the products cube? that. Uh, I got a cube. I had a cube. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember I saw Andy Rubin's cube at Danger. Yeah, I, I bought exactly. it right away. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, I, I, um, I just, that iPad Air for me was like neither here nor there. It just felt uh, ridiculously and uncomfortably big. And I think the killer for me was just there was no awesome software that took advantage of the real estate. You know, yeah. like, like I use split view all the time on my iPad Air with it's, OS it's 9. Great. It's yep. really great, but it doesn't do anything awesome on, on the iPad Pro. Um, maybe if I could have gotten the keyboard and pen when I got it, I don't know, maybe it would have changed my experience with it. But like, I, I love my iPad Air. Like I just said, I went on a vacation and that was the thing I brought. Um, mm-hmm. But the iPad Pro for me, like it does not do anything for me at all. Like I miss my iPad Air. Every time I picked it up, I was like, oh, I wish I had the Air with me. Yeah. I, I really like the pencil, so it has stuck with me. But I'm but I'm a sketcher, like you know, I've been drawing for you know thirty years, and so like actually just just doing quick sketches and so on is just something I really do. I really do love doing. So, do you bring it to meetings? Do you, do you take notes on it? Or you're still I've seen you. You're still a field notes guy. right? I'm still a field notes guy. I can't. It's that that's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you worry about the social uh, yeah, the social yeah. stigma. I, I would much rather have a laptop or my iPad to take notes on, but I, I, it distracts way too much from the conversation with another human. And so I, I, I can't do it. Um, so what, what do you do with your field notes when you're done? So the reason I take field notes has nothing to do. I throw it away. I don't, <laughs> I don't do anything. So it turns out that, but it turns out that writing something down increases memory comprehension by about 70 to 80%. And so I write down mostly for two reasons. One, long-term memory, which my long-term memory is not that good. Two is I, I want to be able to listen. And, and the thing that I think most people do is they're very bad listeners in the conversation because they're mostly trying to stick in their head the thing that they want to next ask or say to that person. And so a lot of what I do is about the conversation itself. I'm writing down a question I want to ask so that I can throw it away and go back to paying attention to the person I'm talking to. And then know when there's a prompt or a time later that I can go back to it. Ah, so it's less about your keeping minutes and more about like you're writing down the thing that you're going to forget in two minutes. I have tried every manner of 
transcribing field notes to something else. I also tried ridiculous things like the Evernote version of field notes uh, and like, right. oh yeah, like all that stuff. It's just, it's inorganic. It doesn't work. I don't have a rhythm for it personally, but I still get huge value out of just taking notes. And, and did you bring your iPad Pro to New Zealand? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. It's so big. It's, I, it's so big. Well, I hadn't made the, I hadn't made, I haven't made the light. Like, if I make the Lightroom jump to the iPad version of Lightroom, then that would have done it. Well, I figured out a way. Uh, I'll send you a, a, po- a link that if you have – the most common complaint about Lightroom on the iPad is if you have presets on your desktop that you love. Which I do. Then you can't easily bring them over, but there's a way to do it, and I'll, I'll send it to you. Awesome. Yeah. L- last thing. It's, I, I, we were we – were, texting or doing slack or something earlier the other day and you were talking about going back on the apple watch bandwagon can we can we leave off on that as the other i mean these are hardware platforms that you know if you talk about hard you know new hardware platforms or new you know where the app ecosystem is like what's interesting to me is that there are two new platforms that have launched in the last 20 you know 12 months apple tv platform uh and the apple watch platform and if you think about the amount of excitement for say vr as a platform or the iPhone when it came out and that like, like there, I, I sense none of that excitement, right? Absolutely. Totally. None of that, that movement. And, and so why yeah. do you well, think that yeah. is- When was the last time an entrepreneur came into our office, either one we backed or new one that said, my, I, my Apple watch app is killing it. <laughs> yeah. Or even pitched a, a lot of Apple watch apps, right? Like I did it as a primary strategy. You'd even hope that like, there were even if it was too early that there'd be founders that had passion and conviction and and were like this is the way to go. What's wrong with you, dumb VC? Why you why you why do you listen to like what you know? And I don't, I'm not getting that on the Apple TV. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I've definitely seen more TVOS Same. ideas than Apple Watch, and it feels pure versus Apple Watch. I feel like people are doing it to get good graces of Apple. Frankly, I mean. Like, hey, if we do this, Apple will be, they'll love us or something. They'll feature us on back on iOS. Yeah, it's like puke, puke. But well, I, I'm back on my Apple Watch. I'm giving it another try. It was in the file cabinet for, or drawer for two months easily. Yep. And I'm, and I'm a watch guy. I actually like watches. I like mechanical watches. And, but the Apple Watch for me was kind of bumming me out. The apps are slow. The watch is slow. I, I don't find it particularly attractive. Two things happen. I got this new band for it. I'll show you because we're on Skype. It's a, it's an Apple first party band, but it's, it's like a brown leather thing. I think it's really cool. Getting a little more natural. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and then the other thing is I just decided not to think of it as an app platform and just think of it as like first party. Like it's a watch. It does um, text notifications. So I have to bring out my big honkin' uh, right. iPhone uh, 6s Plus. That's right. And and if I get a phone call, I can quickly see if I want to take it. And that's it. I don't I don't do Uber on it. I don't do Twitter on it. I don't like none of that stuff. And that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, that's that's maybe. Uh, I mean, that's how I pitch it. That's how I use it. Um, you you had the inverse. You were like, I want to use it on the weekend and not the weekdays. And for me, I could never do that. For me, like. On the weekends, it's almost, it's like, I, I use it during the weekdays when it's really busy and I want to be able to just like look down really quickly. It's Outlook on my watch, right? It's, it's, it's Google Calendar on my watch. It's like, what's the next meeting? I don't think I've opened an app on this thing in six yeah. months, right? Like, it's torture. I, it's, it's useless. But, but in terms of like, oh, wow, we should wrap up this podcast because I have something in, in six minutes. Uh, it's, good, it's a good way to keep me on track. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I'm giving it a try. So have you been with it ever since? Every day. 
Well, I don't use it again. I, 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 I don't use it on the weekends. Um, Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave it at this, my friends, and because right. uh, I'm going to get to talk to you on hallway chat in, in apparently uh, two weeks, right? <laughs> hey, of course we're going to do it. I, 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 I'm optimistic. We're going to do it. Uh, if anyone has suggestions on guests, yeah, guest suggestions, about. show topic questions, suggestions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So. Tweet Nabil at, uh, at Nabil or tweet me at, at Bijan, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.